0: All right, here we go. So my name is John. I was trained as a pastor and this is one of the ways I like to make good use of that. I have come to understand myself, get this, not so much as a pastor alone, but not so much as just being a theologian alone, but something in between. And that seems to be the sweet spot. So this is begin again a podcast that I started originally under another name, but I decided to guess what, begin again and take another shift on it to pivot it just a bit. Now, if you feel so inclined, go over to iTunes, give this a star rating at the end. It helps me out. I never ask for that until now, five years into doing this, but that would be so great. Leave a comment if you can. If it's a great one, I'll give a a shout out here. If it's a really terrible one. Maybe I'll give it a shout out too. But I thought it'd be really interesting today to share with you 10 commitments. Now, here's what this is. So I have been fascinated with the idea of having a growth mindset for a long time. I don't always do it. But a growth mindset is one that says that the world is not static. I am not static. You're not static. And I don't mean static like on the radio or on the TV when it fuzzes. But I mean, we're not stationary. We keep moving. And in fact, we got to keep moving. And if we ever start to stand still, be static rather than forward moving in some way, then we're not quite living up to things. Now, having a growth mindset means a few things. One, it means you expect that hurdles or challenges is the norm. You don't assume that the norm is just a coast, that things are always going to be easy because everything's static and I finally achieved getting everything into its place and therefore all problems have been eliminated. That comes from a static mindset that thinks all the necessary parts are as they should be. A growth mindset says, hey, everybody's moving and shifting and so we always got to be adapting and growing and learning how to deal with things so what's fascinating is the christian tradition the jesus path way back in the 400s 500s, 600s was the rise of the monastic communities in the desert and what they did was run away from the fact that christianity was starting to get co-opted by the cities, by the governments, by the military. And so they ran off into the desert to try to maintain some purity of faith. When they did that, a guy named Benedict, Saint Benedict, wrote a rule for life. Now this was a code, this was a a semi-lengthy document about how to do life, so good. Well, I got really interested because I thought it'd be interesting to write down like 10 commitments, not necessarily 10 commandments, but 10 conscious commitments towards what does it look like towards having a growth mindset for yourself? And what does that look like to also have it towards other people? So since I come from the Jesus tradition and I'm interested by this stuff about growth, I often talk about what does it mean to grow in health and holiness and then to invite other people on that path means that you're loving your neighbor appropriately okay but i sat down and i i made up like a mock document it's just the draft and it might even take another form than this but it's got 10 lines and i thought i'd share this with you if you have feedback or input or an idea of a phrase that could be tweaked that would be great and then maybe we could collaborate you email it to me your comments or whatever and then we'll work on it now what I'm going to do is straightforward just read right through the 10 things and briefly comment on each of them all right so this right here I'm not sure how long this will be this will be the 10 commitments towards having a growth mindset for yourself and for others and that that's actually a loving thing to do all right so once again thank you for checking this out my name is john i'm trying to be a pastoral theologian just give something good to the world so here we go i hope in some capacity this quote unquote uh blesses you all right let me slide on over so at the top of this i put the covenant to growth and health and holiness but let's just call it the 10 commitments for now okay it goes like this number one i commit to the reality that it is my own personal and ethical responsibility in life to seek my own growth in health and holiness Whew. I'll say it again. I commit to the reality that it is my own personal and ethical responsibility in life to seek my own growth in health and holiness. Okay, so why is this the kickstart? Why is this the beginning? Because it's no one else's responsibility for you to grow. None of us should feel so entitled that we can make other people care about our growth more than we should. And so for that instance, the only person that's ultimately to blame for me being stuck in immature or unhealthy ways is actually myself to point the blame at myself, to point the responsibility at myself, to keep growing in health and holiness to unlock my own potential. Right now, Not only is it my own and personal responsibility, it's an ethical responsibility that it is ethically my responsibility to improve myself so that I don't inadvertently go about causing suffering to other people because of my own immaturity or unhealth or unholiness. Does that make sense? That's just the first. So number two, I commit to look at what was good in my personal history with gratitude. That's great. Look at it. Be thankful for it. But at what was lacking with grace and therefore be able to freely look toward tomorrow with faith, hope, and love all of us have to reconcile with our pasts. Now, reconcile obviously would infer we have to reconcile with the parts that were less than good, but be grateful for the parts that were good. None of us had childhoods that were 100% amazing or 100% terrible. All of us had histories that were mixes of both. And so it is my own commitment to examine each of those parts with, get this, gratitude, rather than will be the word. Mm. Well, I guess ingratitude, right? But then to look at the parts that we're lacking with grace rather than resentment. Because that resentment can grow like a cancer on our heart and soul and actually eat away our own ability to be human from within, you know, having a resentful mode towards our own past is uh, it's actually quite a toxic thing. And so if we can commit to the personal and ethical responsibility of looking backwards with some level of grace and forgiveness to our history for not being what we needed it to be, that just unlocks tomorrow because then we're not going to look to tomorrow With ingratitude or resentment, but instead, like I said, be able to look forward to tomorrow with faith, hope, and love. Is that a good one? Right? Number three, I commit to integrate all parts of my life with one another rather than to deny, repress, or avoid any one part of it. Now, this goes back to this famous thing about defense mechanisms. All of us, all of us have parts of our lives that we want to keep hidden. Carl Jung called this the shadow. So all of us have a shadow side. We like to present the light side or the best sides of us. But all of us have to learn how to embrace our own dark sides of our personality and to love those parts and to integrate them because they have something to teach us, sure. And they also maybe need some healing. And so that's why number three is I commit to integrate all parts of my life with one another rather than to deny repress or avoid any one part of it. Oh, um, I've been doing this zoom class on Monday nights. And one of the things we said a couple weeks ago is when you deny repress or avoid stuff, it's kind of like those little play doh toys with little kids where if you push if you push the lever down you know it makes the play-doh squirt out of the side and it looks like that sausage or ground beef type texture you know what i mean well when we deny repress avoid and shove things down our shadow sides that we don't want to look at or don't want other people to look at it squirts out to the side sometimes in an uncontrollable fashion and so there's no avoiding it and so it's actually better to look at it head on rather than push it down and avoid it you know But let's keep going. Number four, I commit to doing the necessary work to learn from my mistakes. From my mistakes. That means one, you have to look at them. Two, you have to own them. Three, you have to find a way to find a wisdom from them. The mistakes of others. That's good. And any other events that might have diminished me either of my own doing or from causes beyond my control. So going back to that earlier stuff about looking back at our past histories with grace and forgiveness and learning not to deny or repress, all those things that we need to forgive and, and stop avoiding, they actually have a gift to give us. They have a wisdom. They have a learned wisdom that we can draw from them. And so number four is pretty fascinating to me because this is one of the ways that we can redeem the hardest days of our lives, that we commit to doing the necessary work to learn from my mistakes, the mistakes of others, and any other things that might have diminished me, any other events. One of the best ways to integrate the things that were the hardest events of our lives is to find a helpful wisdom that only that event could have given us. I'm not saying that's easy, but that's why it takes a commitment. Number five, I commit to never forcing someone else onto the path of growing and in health and holiness, but only to inviting them in love and with love to their own personal journey now you've probably heard it said you can't you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink it or maybe you've heard uh, you can't take people where they don't want to go just because you're on this path and just because you've been making this commitment to better yourself and have a growth mindset for yourself it doesn't give any of us the right to bully other people into doing it. Others have to want to do it for themselves. And so that's why I like number five, that I commit to never forcing someone else onto the path of growth and health and holiness, but only to invite them. And if they want further input, cool, I might be able to offer that. Maybe not, but at least I'm making an effort with every person as often as I can consciously to invite them into further growth. Because other people might be stuck in static ways of thinking. They might think I'm broken. The world is broken. People around me are broken. Everything's going to stay broken. Nothing can change or grow. And so rather than getting frustrated at them be like hey well i know it feels that way but maybe things can change here maybe they can change maybe that circumstance can change maybe you can change and invite people into that next way of thinking that's a good one number six i commit to always speaking With hopeful imagination towards my own life. Hopeful imagination. Seeking to thrive in my current stage of life. Hmm. And to speak words of wisdom to others according to what stage of life they are in themselves. So this would be. I choose to be hopeful and acknowledge the potentials. Rather than focus on the things that are despairing or the things that can't change you know don't focus on that but then to seek to do my current decade of life as well as i can that's a great one now what i also like is that when you come to understand that every age every decade of life has its own tasks to do We almost have an ethical responsibility. Let's not say almost, we do. We have an ethical responsibility to help other people around us to do their stage of life, their decade of life well. And so this means to speak with hopeful imagination towards the 60-year-old, the 70-year-old, the 80-year-old, the teenager, right? To speak words of wisdom rather than words of foolishness or folly. That's pretty good. That's a pretty interesting one. Number seven, I commit to the reality that no one else's path is mandated to resemble mine, but that we might have similarities that are therefore worthwhile connecting points. One of the interesting things, this really happens in religious circles, that just because your path took a certain shape or let's say it kickstarted in a certain way, Sometimes we tend to think everyone's path has to look that way. Everyone's path has to kickstart in the same way. Everyone's path has got the same twists and curves and pitfalls, you know? But that's holding someone else's journey in like a tight fist rather than an open hand. To keep an open hand and let someone else's life unfold the way it is the way that it needs to, for them to learn their own mistakes. This might be most difficult for people who are parents who want to hold on to their child's path and to dictate what it will look like. And so actually that's, that's an unhealthy posture because you're trying to assert control over something that you have no control over. And so that's immediately going to be a failed task. Because you don't have the ability to control somebody else's path. And so, here's what you do. You commit to the reality that no one's path is mandated to resemble your own or my own. But, they might have some similarities. And maybe we can talk about those if they seem similar. Next up. Number eight. I commit to compassion for myself. And others when falling back into unhelpful patterns of behavior, not to berate, shame, blame, or exclude, but to treat them with love and forgiveness. I love that one. That's a good one. Because having a growth mindset is a really great thing to try to look up to. And it's a great thing to try to chase after. However, the static mindset can sneak in. And the static mindset says, all right, all progress that you make is now set in stone. And so if you're making progress and then you have, let's say, three steps forward and then two steps back, you could get really frustrated. Be like, oh, I made two steps back when I just made three steps forward. And then you think the whole system is broken. So stop trying. Well, again, maybe the back steps are part of the growth. Maybe we need to take three steps forward and then two steps back because two steps back was a lesson that we overlooked. And so this whole thing about having a growth mindset is not only about growing. It's also about noticing the times when we fall backwards with grace and compassion and learning from those mistakes because even slip ups or step backs or setbacks they have something to give us they can be teachers as well and so the static mindset would say there's nothing to be learned from this failure but a growth mindset would say oh let's bring that in also and that kind of echoes back to number three i commit to integrate all parts of my life with one another rather than to deny, repress, or avoid any one part of it. Even the two steps back, when we just did three steps forward, the growth mindset validates it, recognizes it, and maybe says, yeah, we can even learn from this. So good. Next up, we have, oh, but then also that includes having compassion for other people when they do that. Because it's more than just having a growth mindset for ourselves. It's also having a growth mindset for other people and not to shame, blame, or exclude or hate other people for doing two steps back. Because let's be honest, we take two steps back all the time after taking three steps forward. So who am I and who are you to berate or shame or exclude someone else for doing two steps back when we do the same thing as well? Right, Get over yourselves, right? We need to just give everybody some more grace. Number nine, we're almost done. I commit to seeking the difficult but creative third option to problem solving rather than fall into simple solutions. So the growth mindset is really fascinating because it it avoids one of those easy pitfalls. So let's say a problem happens, we are very prone to choosing the easiest short-term solution to a problem, rather than the easiest long-term solution, or even (laughs) the hardest long-term solution. So for instance, The growth mindset would say, in order for this problem to not repeat, we need to not do the simple solution, short or long term, but instead chase after the complex solution to this problem that helps in the long run. Now, that is completely counterintuitive because in some sense, that is immediately exhaustive. Sometimes that feels as though that will require enormous amounts of energy. Well, you could say that sounds like a lot of energy trying to figure out the best long-term complex solution to this problem. You could say that, or you could say, no, it sounds more exhausting to have to come up with a million micro solutions to the same problem over your life when it seems as though millions of other problems will also crop up if you don't nip this one in the bud, right? So I think part of the growth mindset means not being a a cheapo with your energy and your, your time, but instead say, what is the best solution in the long run for this problem so that this problem doesn't keep poking its head up? And that, that feels like that's a cheat code thing. Now, I will admit that doesn't necessarily sound like a growth mindset, but I think it's the growth in this, that you're choosing to override your own addiction to comfort and laziness. And instead, you're choosing the option that sounds like it would also produce the most growth for you as a person. You know, number 10. Here we go. I commit to not consciously getting in the way of someone else's growth and health and holiness, but will seek to constantly remove obstacles in my path or others when it seems appropriate. So what does this mean? Well, surely we are obstacles to ourselves and to other people but as much as we are able we shouldn't do that consciously that's actually a terrible thing to do that would be absolutely hating your enemy and or hating your neighbor instead of loving them right but actually to consciously choose to get rid of obstacles in your own life that sounds great consciously choose to get rid of social media and email from your phone i did that About three weeks ago. And life is pretty great. That was a conscious decision to remove obstacles to my own growth in health and holiness. Now, I also put in there that it's a good idea to consciously remove other people's hurdles for them. Where it seems appropriate. Because we can't necessarily go around and dictate what other people should do for their life. Just because I deleted social media and email from my phone doesn't mean that you should delete it from other people's phones. Oh, I also got rid of internet and YouTube from my phone. So just because I did those things doesn't give me the authority or the ability to do that for other people. But if it seems appropriate and they ask for it, I could probably do that for them. But you see, that's where it comes in. It, it required their acquiescence, their um, approval of that action. I totally think it's reasonable as maybe a parent to get rid of some obstacles for your kid's sake. But at a certain point, uh, yeah, we all need to just back off and help our kids own their own responsibility to grow, you know? So actually in some sense, number 10 loops back around to number one. So let's say it like this. Number 10 was I commit to not consciously getting in the way of someone else's growth and health and holiness, but will seek to constantly remove obstacles in my path or others when it seems appropriate. That goes back to kind of just inviting other people To their own. And then that means you maybe then show someone else. Number one, I commit to the reality that it is my own personal and ethical responsibility in life to seek my own growth and health and holiness. That one of the best ways of eliminating obstacles is gently pointing out to people where they are their own obstacle. their own growth and health and holiness isn't that good now this we're done we're done with all 10 now this was just a draft document that i typed up probably within like 30 minutes but it's kind of been batting around in my head as i drive around uh the area the past like couple days and this probably will take another form and maybe someday i'll share it in a more finalized or final version but Let's say it like this, to be concerned with your own growth in health and holiness is a great thing. Why? Because, well, my understanding of the, of the divine is that the divine wants my own growth and health and holiness. Correct? Of course. Now that also includes my neighbor and the people around me, they would also benefit from owning their own growth and health and holiness right and so if i do that and they do it and we both have this common understanding that the divine wants all of us to do it ultimately that leads to a pretty great world now what is the thing that ties all this together yes there's talk about having a growth mindset rather than a static mindset this has to do with um my understanding of the divine mystery, wanting everyone and everything to flourish, right? So that'd be absolutely my understanding of God. But in the New Testament scriptures, there are passages that talk about how God is love. And so ultimately, this is so wild. I love this one. God loves by inviting all of us into growth and health and holiness and it's actually a way that i can love myself appropriately right to invite myself in growth in health and holiness it's actually a form of self-love not like a selfish way but in a way that seems appropriate and then actually it's a matter of loving other people in two ways to invite them to grow and to thrive. And in that sense, I'm being a little bit like the divine to them by inviting them, just like the divine invites me. But then also for me to grow in health and holiness means that I won't inadvertently or unconsciously cause suffering on the people around me. And they won't cause suffering to the people around them. And so it benefits others for me to invite them into growth and hell and whole to into growth and health and holiness. But it, it roundabout roundabout benefits me to invite them into growth and health and holiness, because I will suffer less if they grow up a little bit. They'll suffer less if I grow up a little bit. We'll all suffer a little less if we all grow up a little bit. But here's the thing. This whole endeavor of a growth mindset has to be fueled by love, has to be fueled by the joy or the the sheer gratitude of just having the gift of life at all. Because a growth mindset, it doesn't work when it's motivated by shame or hate or resentment. That doesn't work. The system, it's like putting the wrong fuel in the engine but the engine works really well when it has the right fuel and so this fuel here is love and i mean you just gotta bring it back around at the very heart of the christian tradition it just says god is love and so therefore god has to be the appropriate engine at the heart of this whole endeavor of helping myself and others and all of us grow in health and holiness. So let's wrap it up. This was, uh, 10 things, 10 commitments towards a growth in health and holiness. It had to do with myself, had to do with other people, had to do with my history, had to do with integrating all the parts. It had to do with, uh, man, having, hopeful imagination it had to do with not expecting other people to look like i do their life path their life journey it involved not growing in resentment but instead growing in grace it involved looking to tomorrow with gratitude it involved uh, doing complex problem solving and choosing the option that's best in the long run rather than the short-term lazy solution see what i mean All of it's so good, but all of it's got to be motivated by love. So, may you, the listener, begin again today. May you begin again at the task of inviting yourself to grow in health and holiness. May you begin again at helping other people to do their own necessary growth in health and holiness. And may you begin again This day with love as the fuel. And may the divine, who's infinitely close, help you in that journey. Isn't that good? Oh, so good. I'm going to finish with the second benediction. That was a good one, but so is this. I said this one to my college students this past semester. May you be light and the life, and the love to the people around you. May you decrease the suffering in the world, and in yourself, and may the grace, and peace of Jesus be with you, every step of the way. I don't know what else to say, (laughs) that was really good, cheers, we'll catch you next time.